premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey there, folks. This is Joe Ruscello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we are coming to you live tonight from the Asylum Studios here in the bowels of southwest Texas, the beautiful city of Eagle Pass. And uh, thank you for being with us tonight for our Thursday night Bible study. We are getting a bit of a late start tonight. We're about two hours behind schedule. Normally, we we, uh, get together about 7 p.m. Central Time. And uh, um, I had a work-related event that I was required to be at, so uh, unfortunately, we got a late, late start to the show tonight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my very, very best to get through the opening segments as fast as we possibly can tonight so that we can get into our study. Now, last Thursday night, we finished Revelation chapter 10, and uh, we got into uh, the beginning portion of Revelation chapter 11. And uh, Lord willing, tonight we'll be able to finish chapter 11. And uh, on tonight's study, we're going to be taking a look at the uh, two witnesses that showed up at the beginning part of uh, Revelation chapter 11. I think it was around verse 3, if I'm not mistaken. And then we'll, uh, we'll work our way through the rest of that chapter. Now, before we get into our Bible study tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, would you head over to our contact section, open up that web forum, and why don't you send us over a message? You can, uh, you can send over any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have, and you could also send over your prayer requests. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You could always email me by going to info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, you could also make a one-time contribution if a recurring contribution is something you can't uh, afford or budget right now. Uh, but you could do that one-time contribution by clicking on the Waygiver button, or you could scan the Cash App QR code on the website as well. So, folks, why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these, <clears throat> excuse me, if these live uh, broadcasts or these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, And if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, 
your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be so very thankful for it. Excuse me one second. I got a lump in my throat. All right. There we go. That would be better. That's much better, I hope, anyway. All right. Now, uh, before we get any further into the opening of the show, I always like to take a moment just to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for a number of different things. Uh, but always I want to say thank you to the Lord for, uh, for saving me, for uh, dying on the cross at Calvary for me, for my sins, for the sins of the world, for your sins. And uh, I, just, I, I just marvel. I just marvel at the wonderful, tremendous gift that he has given me. I don't have to worry about where I'm going to end up when I close my eyes for the last time here on this earth because I know that by putting my full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by confessing the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, by, um, by asking the Lord to save me, I know in my heart that he did. I believe that his blood is the all-sufficient payment for my sin. And uh, because of that simple act of faith, I know that I'm saved, and I know that my eternity will be spent in glory with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can have that assurance, and you can have that gift too. All you need to do is just call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Because the Bible says, whosoever, whosoever, that's you, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's by his mercy he saved us. For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So folks, now is the time to get saved. Now is the most important time to get saved, because after this dispensation comes to a conclusion with the rapture of the church... It becomes a works and faith method of salvation during the tribulation period. And once you get into the tribulation, the, the, the works that you're going to have to do is going to be keeping the law. It's going to be having to endure to the end. And folks, you can lose your salvation in the tribulation. So now you can't. Now your salvation is secured. You are sealed unto the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. So you cannot lose your salvation once you've been saved. So now is the time to do it, folks. Now is the easiest time it'll ever be. And we're going to talk about some of that, too, tonight as we go through chapter 11. Now, I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me this ministry, for giving me this opportunity to serve him in this very unique and specific and, and amazing ministry opportunity. It's amazing medium of, of broadcasting and podcasting, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's just a, the most wonderful gift, aside from salvation, that the Lord could have blessed me with in service. And uh, so I want to say thank you to the Lord for that. I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you so much for your, for your support through prayer. God bless you for your prayers. Please continue to pray for my family. Please continue to pray for this ministry. And please continue to pray for me, especially today, because it's obvious that I'm having a problem with the English language tonight. 
So, uh, so please keep me in your prayers. Keep the, keep the ministry in your prayers, the show, my family. And again, thank you so very much for it. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your support. Thank you so much for it. And uh, your support has helped us to get these platforms in line. Your support has helped us buy materials that we send out to folks that request it. Uh, your support has helped us pay everything as we go through here. I don't pocket a single penny out of anything that comes through from your support. It all goes into this ministry. So thank you so very much for it. Uh, it does mean a lot to me. God bless you for it. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already who, uh, who have been listening faithfully to uh, everything that we put out there for the downloads and for the plays. Thank you so much for it because of all the activity that, that, uh, that you folks have put into the show and for the downloads and the plays. Um, you know, we, we are high up in the search alg- algorithms. We, um, we are still holding five number one spots on the Good Pods platform. And uh, so thank you so very much. And please continue to like, subscribe, and share this show with your friends, your family, and your followers no matter what platform you're on. And if you're on a platform where you can give us a five-star review and you feel like we deserve it, I don't think we do tonight, especially because I'm so tongue-tied, uh, and that's because I'm rushing. Um, uh, just uh, if you can, hit that five-star review if you feel like uh, we deserve it, and we would really, really appreciate that. And I think you can do that on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, um, uh, definitely on Good Pods, Spotify, and I'm not sure which other platforms you can do it on. But wherever it is, folks, please consider supporting us uh, and consider giving us that five-star review. And if you're on a platform where you can even leave a review, a written-out review, we would appreciate that as well. So again, folks, thank you so very much for all the support. God bless you for it. All right, uh, now that we've fumbled our way through um, uh, those uh, those little opening uh, points there. Let's uh, let's have some announcements. All right, folks. I want to remind you of our sermon Sunday broadcast every Sunday afternoon at three p.m. Central Time, four p.m. Eastern Time. We look forward to getting together on the Lord's Day and opening up the Word of God and uh, trying to get some nourishment, some some uh, information that we could apply to our daily lives and we could take out into the world with us when we uh, rub shoulders with the lost and the unsaved and those that are dying in this world. So uh, these these meetings that we have on Thursday night on Sunday are so important to uh, to build us up in our in our spiritual walk with the Lord. And it's a, it's a real blessing to be able to spend that time with you. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is head over to the church's Facebook page, 
Log in and search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information and also episodes of this podcast. And, of course, we always want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church and to our pastor and and my friend, John Monk, for allowing us the opportunity to post the show on on the church's Facebook page. Now, folks, if uh, as you know, we've been going through the book of Revelation, and right now we are about the halfway point through the tribulation period. We're about to step into the Great Tribulation. That's the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Now, uh, if you don't plan on getting saved, and if you don't want to get saved, um, if you think that uh, you might want to try your luck and go through the tribulation, well, then you're going to need some really good information on preparedness and self-sufficiency. And to find that information, I would highly recommend that you check out the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week depending on current events. And when I tell you there are no issues off-limits, there are no issues off-limits to these patriots. You want to break down the current events? Got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency, especially if you're planning on going through through the tribulation? Well, we got that too. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Well, you know something? We have that as well. Now, if you want to hear more about politics, you want to hear more about Bible study, you want to hear more about sports, camping, firearms, and more, the Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. You can find them on all of your major podcasting platforms, and you can also find them at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. All right, folks, I also want to mention uh, my good friend Chase Tobin's Three Pillars podcast. It's a great, great little podcast. I really do appreciate the teaching. And uh, Brother Chase is, is really a good guy. And, uh, man, you want to talk about a prayer warrior? He's a prayer warrior. Uh, I've seen a number of his prayers. I've received a couple of his prayers uh, that he sent to me specifically, and I am so thankful for them. He's a real blessing to me in this ministry, and uh, and hopefully we can uh, be the same to him as he uh, as he advances in his walk with the Lord and as his show develops. Now, the Three Pillars podcast uh, focuses on personal growth, and it util- utilizes the three pillars of fitness. That's spiritual, mental, and physical. Brother Chase drops a new episode every Friday morning, uh, and if not on a Friday, then definitely on a Saturday morning. And you can find him out. You can find out. You can find his show on Good Pods, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all your major podcasting platforms. So I would really highly suggest that you check him out. That's Chase Tobin, the Three Pillars Podcast. I also like to mention uh, our good sister Monica and her podcast, the Busy Believers Podcast. Wonderful podcast. Really do enjoy that one as well. And uh, we are finally going to be able to run a promo for her uh, for her show uh, when we take our break in just a few minutes. So I'm going to save my comments for her uh, for her trailer for her um, for her promo. All right, uh, folks, don't forget to head over to sort of the spirit podcast dot com and fill out that programming announcement subscription on the website. 
All that is is an email list that we've been putting together so that we can communicate with you and let you know when we're going to have any kind of changes to our schedule. Uh, for example, tonight we sent out an email earlier today letting everybody know that the show is going to be a delayed start. Unfortunately, though, I was wrong as to how delayed it was. I said only an hour, but it turned out to be two. So I do apologize for that. I uh, wasn't trying to be deceptive <laughs> at all. Uh, so uh, just get on that mailing list. It's really important. It's a great way for us to keep in contact with each other as we go forward. All right, also, when you get onto our website, look for the Sword Swag section of the website. And on that section, you're going to find these great Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, which I have right here in my hot little hand. And uh, let me take a sip here for you. Mm. Tonight's beverage of choice is a, a, a nice iced cold iced coffee from Starbucks. And uh, <clears throat> a little thick, too. All right. Uh, you can get one of these Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs for a $25 contribution. Or if you'd like to get one of these, I should say, and or if you'd like to get one of these Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts, you can get one of those for a $35 contribution. All you need to do is to hit the, uh, the info button on the Sword Swag page. Let us know what exactly it is you're looking for, how many and what size, especially if you're getting a shirt. And uh, we'll send you back the link to where you can make your contribution. And then once we get all that stuff squared away, we'll get this sent out to you as quickly as we possibly can. So don't forget to head on over to the Sword Swag section on our website. All right, folks, we are going to take our first break here. Now, again, because we got a late start tonight, we are going to uh, do a shortened uh, first break. We're only going to do, uh, do two tracks, no song. And then when we come back from that, we're going to uh, just do a general prayer for all of those on our prayer list. I'll give you any updates that I have that are available. And then uh, we do have a special birthday that we're going to mention. And then we're going to get right into our Bible study in Revelation chapter 11. All right, folks, so this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. It's going to be a quick one, so don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. My name is Chase Tobin, a.k.a. Tobinator the Motivator, and I'm happy to have you here with me. This podcast is focused on a holistic approach to growth using the three pillars of fitness. Those are spiritual, mental, and physical fitness. Using these three pillars, we will build a foundation which we can all grow to be better uh, human beings on our walk with each other and our walk with the Lord. So without further ado, welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit Podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. I told you it was going to be a short one. It was only... Oh, not even a full two-minute break. 
So, uh, but we are back and we are live uh, broadcasting to you from the Asylum Studios here in beautiful Eagle Pass, Texas. It is a, uh, a lovely 88 degrees here at uh, 9.20 p.m. You got to love living down here. You really do. All right, folks. Uh, so uh, during the break there and that quick little break, we got, I got a message from one of our listeners saying, slow down, don't rush, feed us tonight. Well, I'm going to do the very best that I can. Um, uh, we're going to see what, how, uh, how long it takes to get through the message. Hopefully we'll have enough time tonight to, uh, to, uh, to get through all of the remaining portion of Chapter 11. And, uh, but we'll see how it goes. All right, brother, thank you for the message. I do appreciate it, though. It did make me laugh. Thank you. All right. Uh, so going to go down our prayer list really quick, and then we're going to give a, uh, just a general prayer for everybody on the list. Now, first and foremost, we're going to pray for those that are in need of salvation. And like I tell you every show, the need for salvation is the priority of your life. You need to get saved, and you need to get saved today. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm going to tell you, you've got to get saved. If you don't get saved, you're going to end up in hell. And if, and if, that's, you know, if the Lord tarries and you die, if you don't, if you don't die before the tribulation starts and the church gets raptured out, you're going to go through the tribulation, and it's going to be extremely difficult, extremely difficult. Not impossible, just extremely difficult, and we're going to touch on that a little bit later on. But salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your entire life because it has eternal consequences. You don't want to go to hell, and I'm asking you, please don't go to hell. Put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Do it tonight. Do it before, this, before I finish the prayer list tonight. Just, just open up your heart to the Lord. Ask Him to save you. Let Him know that you're a, a, a low-down, dirty, rotten, filthy sinner, and you need to be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. So why don't you do that tonight? So tonight on our salvation prayer list, we're praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for David. We're praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're praying for Jasmine Martinez. We're praying for Manuel's mom. We're praying for Sharon, and we're praying for Adam's dad. All right, and on our sick list, going down our sick list, we're going to continue to pray for Pastor Martin uh, for his heart condition and for his, uh, his overall health for his eczema, his vision, and for his strength to uh, continue serving the Lord as he does. We're also uh, praying for, uh, for Jasmine, uh, who is uh, still in the hospital uh, battling lupus. And uh, we did get some really good news, and I'm so happy to let you guys know about this. Uh, if you missed it last, uh, last time we were together, uh, Jasmine has took a really good and positive turn. Um, I saw a video of her singing with her father, which was a blessing to see. And uh, also, it looks like uh, if Jasmine continues to progress as she is, uh, there's a very good possibility in, in the coming weeks she'll be able to go home with her family. So thank you so much for your prayers, and uh, uh, please continue to pray for Jasmine and for her, uh, for her health. Uh, we're also praying for my mom, who is uh, still currently in a rehab in New York, and we're working hard to get her back home. We're also praying for my sister, Laura, with her back pain. 
Uh, we're praying for, uh, for Sister Bernice uh, from our church who has been battling cancer. We're praying for her mom, Laura, who has cancer as well. We're praying for Janae, uh, who has a heart condition. Sharon Baldino, who is battling cancer. Martin Mata, who is uh, dealing with lymphoma. Daniel Villarreal with leukemia. Alex Ortiz uh, for his breathing and his brain issues. And uh, for Diego Ortiz, who has had a surgery already uh, to remove part of his intestines. And I was informed today that uh, he was in need of another surgery uh, that took place today. I don't have an update on that just yet. But when I do get that, I'll be sure to pass it on to you. So please continue to pray for Diego. Uh, moving down our list, we're praying for my brother-in-law, Jude, uh, for his business up in New York City. We're praying for a good brother in Christ, Federico Salinas, that the Lord continue to bless him and his walk with the Lord and as he leads his family uh, in their relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're praying for uh, Brother Aldo and his business at Pro HVAC here in Eagle Pass. Uh, we're praying that the Lord will bless the work of his hands. We're praying for Angel and her pregnancy. We're praying for her husband, Alex, and his uh, employment situation. We're uh, praying for Isabella and her walk with the Lord. We're praying for Jessica as well, uh, who's away at college with her walk with the Lord. Now, going down to our unspoken uh, prayer list. Now, the unspoken prayers are those prayers that we just can't seem to find the words to, uh, to put to them. Or they might be something very personal that uh, only the Lord needs to know the details about. Uh, either way, we know that the Lord knows exactly what those needs are. So on our unspoken prayer list, we're still praying for Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Ronnie, for Ed, Larissa, Hector, Manuel, Angela, and myself. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so very much, Lord, for the gift of salvation, the gift that you've given us through the shed blood of your your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now tonight, Lord, we just lift up all of those that are on our prayer list that are in need of salvation. You know each one of them. You know each one's specific need. Father God, I pray that you would just draw them to yourself and that they would be saved. And Lord, that they would be saved today, perhaps even before this podcast ends. Lord, I want to pray for those that are on our sick list. Lord, I pray that you would just touch each and every one of them. Lord, we're we're thankful for all the good news that we've received off of that list. Lord, we lift up those that are still in need of prayer. Uh, Lord, we, we lift up uh, Diego, and Lord, we pray for him and the surgery that he went through today. And we, we of course, lift up Jasmine, Lord. And we just continue to pray for her that we've seen some great great and wonderful miracles uh, taking place in her, in her health. And Lord, we're just so thankful for it. Lord, we lift her up to you tonight. We ask you, first of all, Lord, to save her if she's not saved. And Lord, we ask you to just continue to touch her body and bring healing and allow her to go home with her family, Lord. And Lord, we think of all the others that are on our sick list. My mom, my sister, Bernice, her mom, Laura, Sharon, uh, uh, Daniel, and Lord, all of the others that are in need of prayer. Father, we just lift them all up to you, and we just ask you, Father, just to touch each one, bring healing to their body, and Lord, that uh, you would receive the honor and the glory. Father, we think of... uh, 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 my brother-in-law Jude and his business up in New York and brother Salinas and Lord and the tremendous blessing that he's been to me in my life and Lord I thank you so much for him for his family for his testimony and Lord I just pray you continue to bless him Lord we lift up brother Aldo and Lord we just pray that you would bless the work of his hands with his business 
uh, here in Eagle Pass at Pro HVAC. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, just open up opportunities for him. And Lord, we thank you that uh, that you've given him success as you have. And Lord, we pray you continue to do so. Father, we pray for Angel and her pregnancy, her husband. Lord, we lift him up to you in his employment situation. We help. We Lord, we just pray that you would help him uh, to iron out the difficulties that he might be having right now. Lord, we lift up Isabella and Jessica for their walk with the Lord. Lord, Father God, we thank you so much for that. Lord, we pray that you would continue to bless them as they draw closer to you. And then, Lord, for the unspoken prayers of our hearts, Lord, we just lift up uh, uh, Eduardo, Rodriguez, Ronnie, Ed, Larissa, Hector, Manuel, Angela, and, of course, myself, Lord. Uh, You know exactly what our needs are, Lord, and I just pray that you would answer them according to your perfect will for us and for our lives, for all of those that are on our prayer list. We thank you for it. And, Lord, we ask you to bless the study tonight as we open up Revelation chapter 11. Lord, I just pray that you would just bless the teaching and the preaching of your holy word tonight. Lord, help it to fall on receptive hearts and minds. Lord, open up eyes and ears to the truth of your word. And, Lord, we just ask your special blessings on it. And we'll thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please don't forget to head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. You can just uh, use the contact form and send it over to us, or you can email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. If you are logged into Spreaker and you have an active Spreaker account, you could always drop your prayer requests in our chat group. Uh, we would love to see you in there. That would be a blessing to us. You can ask any questions or comments that you might have, and uh, we'll get back to those as quickly as we possibly can. All right. So I mentioned earlier that we have a very special birthday that we're going to say, say, do our happy birthday song. And um, I know, uh, you know you might think it's a little crazy, maybe a little weird, but uh, I want to wish a very happy birthday to my little girl, my little Winnie Jean, my little bean, my little now three-year-old French bulldog, who I love with all of my heart. She's a wonderful little girl, and I am so thankful that the Lord has her in my life. Uh, she, she never ceases to bring a smile to my face. And uh, I know she doesn't understand this, and she's sitting here right now looking at me like I'm crazy. But I uh, just want to wish my little girl a very, very happy birthday. So, Beanie, I know you can't tell, but happy birthday, sweetheart. Happy birthday to my little Winnie Jean, my little bean. All right, folks, uh, with that out of the way, we are now going to take our second break. So this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Hit that five-star review if you feel like we deserve it today. 
And uh, we'll be back in just a minute, so take this time to go get your King James Bible. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a refill. We might need it. <laughs> we get into this study a little late tonight. And when we come back from this break, we're going to get into our Bible study on Revelation chapter number 11. We'll be right back. Don't you go away. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Busy Believer, where we bring the Bible study to you when life has got you on the run. This podcast releases every single Wednesday with 20 to 30 minute episodes featuring clear cut, straight talk in the Word of God and actual takeaways from every session. You can expect me, your host, Monica Hansen, on every episode. And you can find this podcast on any podcast app on the planet, such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, just to name a few. And if you'd like to subscribe to me, you could do so by going to linktree forward slash Warriors of God 70. So we will not be alone. 
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. And uh, if you would, take your Bibles and open up to the book of Revelation, chapter number 11. Revelation, chapter 11. And with that, episode 93 is underway. Now, I don't think we finished uh, 11 last time, so uh, we're going to do the very best we can to finish it tonight. And um, I was thinking about getting into chapter 12 if we did finish 11 tonight, but I think it might be a little bit too late. So uh, we're just going to concentrate on finishing uh, Revelation chapter 11. Now, just to kind of refresh our memory here, uh, verse 3 of chapter 11, uh, in verse 3, God introduces the two witnesses. And then we identify them as Moses and Elijah. And uh, these are tribulation witnesses, of course, and we identified them through the information that we found in verse 6. All right, now verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit. Now, uh, that's the beast that we're introduced to back in chapter 9. And we'll get more information about him in chapter 13. So, you know, uh, I guess, you know, we'll wait until 13 to get all the details. This beast is, of course, the Antichrist. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. All right, so these two witnesses are eventually martyred for their testimony. Verse 8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So that last phrase that city that's called Sodom and Egypt, that's Jerusalem. It's called that spiritually. All right, now, there are several lessons to be learned from that thing. And one of the most obvious is that um, there are spiritual lessons in your Bible. And the Lord tells you that very clearly in that verse, doesn't he? All right, so the spiritual lesson isn't always the doctrinal lesson, though. 
And it's not always the historical lesson. The spiritual lesson just may be an analogy that the Lord is using to draw our attention to a spiritual truth. Now, obviously, we know that Jerusalem isn't called Sodom and it isn't called Egypt. And yet it is, spiritually speaking. So in other words, Jerusalem at this particular time is in such a deplorable spiritual state that it would compare to Sodom and Egypt. And so in, in teaching and preaching, you know, there's three kinds of preaching and teaching because there's three applications to every verse of Scripture. There's the historical application, there's a doctrinal application, and there's a spiritual application. All right, now, it would be, it would be hard for me to find uh, much material in the book of Matthew to preach to you, you know, church-age saints doctrinally. But you can take anything and preach it spiritually. So in other words, there is a spiritual application to the thing. There isn't much that I can find in the book of Revelation that I could preach to you and apply to you directly, doctrinally. But there's all kinds of stuff you can apply spiritually. All right, now that's how folks get messed up. They try to take a passage of Scripture and apply all three applications to themselves, and it, and it won't work. It won't fly. The Lord makes the thing clear in that verse, spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. All right, now people say, all the time, people say, well, I can't understand the book of Revelation because it's full of symbolism. If it is a, if it is a symbol, if it is symbolism, the Lord will tell you so. He'll always tell you so. If he doesn't tell you, then it ain't one. And it isn't one either. It's the real deal. Verse 8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So that's the dead bodies of the two witnesses, Moses and Elijah. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. All right, now, formerly, that verse might have been thought impossible. For hundreds and thousands of years, I'm sure this gave critics an occasion to say, well, this is just another ridiculous statement in the Bible. But you now know through things like satellite television, the Internet, and so on, people all over the world can view this thing. Easy. Really easy. All right, now, they're not going to bury them. Well, why? Because they're going to be so happy that they're dead. All right, verse 10. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and, se and shall send gifts one to another. So they're going to make a regular holiday out of this thing. Christmas time, you know. Why? Because the two nemesis, the two witnesses have been bothering them. Now, now look, you take an individual that hates the Lord, that doesn't want to get saved, that doesn't want to face the truth, and you start witnessing to him, it'll drive him nuts. Well, the best news that he's ever going to get is that you get hit by a truck, amen? All right, now, you know, that's, so that's the thing right there. So we're going to see that very kind of thing take place. Well, we aren't, but it's going to take place in the tribulation. But you can appreciate the fact that the closer, the closer we draw nigh to the tribulation, the general attitude of the world 
will reflect that attitude right there. And as you draw to the very 11th hour of this church age, you're going to see more of the tribulation attitude than you are of a church age attitude. As it gets ready you know, to, to pop off into that next dispensation. You know, I remark about it many times, and I guess it's because I'm continually amazed in the years that I've been saved and in the years that I've been preaching, you know, 15 to 20 years, I, I guess, you know, preaching the gospel. I've seen a remarkable, a remarkable change in this country. Absolutely remarkable. And, and, and people's lack of willingness to receive the gospel and receive the truth as compared to what it used to be. You know, it seems like you have to work so much harder to see somebody get saved than you did 20 years ago. So you know what that tells me? Well, it tells me that we're just moving closer to the rapture. That's all. We're just getting close. All right, verse 10. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets torment them that dwelt on the earth. Well, how do they torment them? They gave them the truth. They gave them the truth. You know, isn't it interesting that it'll come to the point where people receiving the truth will consider it to be torment? You know, I've seen people sitting in church that you know look like they're being tormented. You know, look like they were undergoing great torture. You know, maybe it was my preaching. I don't know, but you know, you know, just absolute anguish on their face. You know, absolutely dying sitting there. So the Holy Spirit chooses his words very well. Tormented them that dwell on the earth. All right, now there is another kind of torment involved. Look back in verse 5. 11 verse 5. And if any man will hurt them. Now, you see, you have to be aggressive against them. You have to be aggressive against them. Fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. How? With devouring fire from out of their mouths. All right, but that's only for those that display some kind of aggression against the two witnesses. Otherwise, the only thing they do to torment them is just preach to them. Now, in the average church, any denomination today across America... Preaching is kind of the bottom end of the spectrum. I mean, the general consensus and attitude is, you know, let's do anything before we preach. You know, let's have testimonies. Let's sing. Let's speak in tongues. Let somebody get healed. Let's do anything, absolutely anything, before we allow ourselves to be tormented with the truth. You know, folks, by God's grace, this podcast will always be the exception to that. You know, we're just going to keep tormenting folks around here. Whether it's my style of preaching or whether it's the message itself, I don't know. But, all right, verse 11. After three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. I just imagine that's, you know, you know there are some passages that, that you go on where there's not a whole lot that you can comment about. I mean, the thing is really just... just clear. You know, it, it's giving a narrative about something that's going to take place. And, uh, you know, you can visualize that thing in your mind. So I just imagine that that's exactly what's going to take place. That great fear is going to come upon the world when they see these two guys get resurrected. Verse 12, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, 
come up hither. And they ascended up, up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. All right, so here we have another rapture. Now, this isn't the rapture of the church. This is the rapture of the two witnesses. But nonetheless, it's a rapture. They're ascending up into heaven, responding to a great voice that says, come up hither. And that's the same words that you're going to hear in Revelation chapter 4. So those words are associated with the rapture. All right, now, raptures typed in your Bible. Joshua is a great book for raptures being typed. And as you begin to look very carefully at those things, you're going to see them as you study your Bible. So, verse 13. And at the same hour was a great earthquake. All right, now about the same time that these guys begin ascending, God sends an earthquake. Now, here's a little homework assignment for you. Find all of the earthquakes in the book of Revelation. And after you study them a little bit, you'll find that we ain't seen nothing yet. They talk about earthquakes you know, and they're beginning to increase, you know, just like Jesus said they would. But the world hasn't seen anything yet compared to what's coming in the way of earthquakes. Now, the reason for that is uh, Romans chapter 8 says that the earth travails, waiting its redemption. Now, what's the word travail associated with in your Bible? Pain and anguish. Pain and anguish as a result of childbirth. So anytime you find the word travail in your Bible, it's usually associated with labor pains. All right? Now, what's going on with the world, and, and I've run this out to you before. In the 19th century, there were, there were nine major earthquakes in the world. The century before that, there were five. The century before that, there were two. The one before that, one. The one before that, two. In the 20th century, there were over 100 major earthquakes. So far in this century, there have been 40. Now, how do you explain that? Going from five to nine to over 100 in the last century. In three centuries, what's going on? Something's going on. Something funny's going on. How can you possibly explain that? Well, the scientists don't have any explanation for it. They can't explain it. Now, the reason is clear, as you understand your Bible. The earth is travailing. It's shaking and rocking and reeling, and it's travailing. Well, why? It's waiting birth. Now, the closer you get to birth, the closer the birth pains get, right? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that. So that's what's going on, getting close to birth. And the world, and, and I'm not talking about the inhabitants of the world. I'm, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the earth itself terra firma. It's waiting its redemption. It's waiting to be born again. The problem with the world is it's under a curse. And the curse is manifested every time you go out and weed your garden. The curse is manifested every time you step on a Canadian thistle in your lawn and your bare feet. The curse is manifested every time, you, every time a horde of grasshoppers eat somebody's crop. The curse is manifested every time we have a drought. The curse is manifested every time there's a hurricane, a tornado, uh, 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 a tidal wave, a tsunami, an avalanche, a flood, a blizzard. That's how the curse is manifest. All right, now what the Lord is going to do when he shows up and he establishes his kingdom 
is remove the curse. He's going to remove it. And so consequently, the millennial kingdom is described as a day of rest. The curse isn't there anymore. Now just imagine this. If you don't have a curse on a rose, I wonder how big it'll get. You know, you get a little picture of that when the Jews went and spied out the land of Canaan and said it's a land that flowed with milk and honey. And even though that too was under a curse, it, seemed, it seems that God had been, had been kind of you know, dishing out sparingly in that particular area at that time. And you have the men returning with a cluster of grapes so big they had to carry it on a pole, and it took two men to carry a cluster of grapes. And you know something? That's still something that's real prevalent in the mind of, of the Jews to this day. They just have to wait until they see the one who was wounded in the house of his friends. All right, now verse 13. And the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. All right, so 10% of the city fell as a result of this particular earthquake. This city is, of course, Jerusalem that's being discussed here. Now, some folks say, well, will this affect other cities? Well, it probably will, but Jerusalem is the particular discussion here. And in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Who's the remnant? Who's the remnant? All right, well, the remnant winds up being a third because two-thirds end up being done in at some point in the tribulation. A third is the remnant that survives. Okay? Verse 14. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. Now, we've already discussed those three woes. Woe, woe, and woe. All right? So, now, here comes the third one. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. All right, now what's going on in verses 15 through 18? What the Lord's doing here in these verses is, is giving you a headline for the last half of the tribulation. Then in the succeeding chapters, he's going to give you the details of the headline. Now that's not an unusual way to write. I mean, every newspaper in the world does that to this day. You know, they give you the, the capsulized story, and then they give you the details down on through. All right, so what you have in these verses right here is the headline, if you please. And then in chapter 12, and then right on through, you get the details of the last half of the tribulation. All right, so basically what's happened is, is that we've, we've been brought up through the first half of the tribulation. And so we're now confronted with the idea that the kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Now, the first thing we need to know about that is, and it's obvious that the kingdoms, and it really is obvious, that the kingdoms of this world now are not now his. You know, folks ask interesting questions. And one of the questions people consistently ask is, well, if God's on the throne, why does he allow such and such to happen? All right, now let me give you a startling answer to that question. Are you ready for the answer? Are you sitting down? God isn't on that throne. 
the kingdoms of the world are not now his. Now, I know some of you are probably in shock. Some of you probably never heard that before. Well, do you remember the Mount of Temptation in Matthew chapter 4? In Matthew chapter 4, the last temptation was what? Well, let me, let me rephrase that. Uh, the devil promised the Lord what? The kingdoms of the world, right? Isn't that what he said? If he would fall down and worship him? Now, did Jesus denounce the idea that the kingdoms of the world were the devils to start with? No, he didn't. He didn't argue that point. The fact of the matter is the devil is the prince of the power of the air. He's also called the God of this world. All right? By God's permissive will. He's the one that has the primary charge of the kingdoms of this world right now. You know, some people say, well, I don't understand why God would allow, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> Just wait a minute. Who is the king? Well, right now it's the devil. Who's in charge? See, folks are always anxious to blame God for things that he didn't have anything to do with. Because if they can successfully, in their mind's eye, blame God, then they can rivet attention away from themselves to him. All right, are the kingdoms of the world the Lord's now? No. Notice, th this is something that is yet future. It says, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now, you know that you have a bad Bible, and all the new versions do this sooner or later. If not in this verse, they'll do it in other verses. They'll change that thing to, he has reigned, or he is reigning. They either make it a past or present tense, but the correct tense is future. You know, anything else is an amillennial Bible. They change the tense. He shall reign is what it says. He isn't reigning yet. You see, if you can make that thing an amillennial Bible, then you can successfully blame God for everything that's going on right now. You know, that's why these folks love the NIV, the, the, the New King James, the ASV, the CEV, because they want to blame God. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who is the God of this world? I know who is. All right, now the Bible says he shall reign forever and ever. Still future tense. He hasn't assumed the reign of this world yet. But he's going to. He's going to. And the four and twenty elders, which sat before God on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshipped God. All right, now these four and twenty elders we were introduced to back in chapter 4. So we know a little bit about them, and you know, we, we've studied them for a little bit, saying, We give thanks to thee, O Lord, God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come. All right, now... God is a trinity. Not only is he a trinity in person, but he's three-dimensional in time. He's past, present, and future. Now, the way to say past, present, and future in one phrase is this. I am 
that I am. Jesus said he's the I am. And that sent the Pharisees into, into spinning, right? Because they knew who the I am was back in Exodus. That's, that was Father God, Jehovah. And Jesus Christ set himself up to be the same thing. Well, that just freaked them out big time. You know, when you say I am, you were, you are who you're going to be. That's the thing right there. All right? Now, uh, let's see. All right, you know what, folks? We're going to take our last break of the evening here, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. We are studying the book of Revelation, chapter number 11. And uh, we are, where were we? All right, verse number 17. Saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. All right, now, what I, like, I want you to notice again, what we're reading here is just headlines for future events in the last half of the tribulation. Uh, verse 18, and the nations were angry. Yeah, you know what? I bet they were. You know why? Do you know why the nations get angry? Because it becomes clear that all of the new world orders are a flop. All the great societies are zeros. All of the programs of the departments of health and welfare are just a flat-out bust. And it becomes increasingly evident that all of men's ingenious activity is just worth the powder it would take to blow it up. So the nations were angry. Why? Because the Lord God Almighty is coming to reign. And thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and, to, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldst destroy them which destroy the earth. Well, there's a mouthful in that verse. All right, now we notice some things here. All right, first of all, there's a judgment. And there's a reward at the judgment on the servants, the prophets, and to the saints who are said to fear thy name. All right, now, never anywhere is a church-age saint ever said to fear the name of God. That was not a Pauline admonition. So what that shows us is that this is clearly a tribulation saint thing right here. You know, fearing the name of the Lord, that's a tribulation thing. That's not a church-age thing. Now, spiritually, yes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. And uh, so you can see spiritual application. But doctrinal application, no. There's no doctrinal application for a church-age saint. That thing belongs to a tribulation saint. All right, now, when you're in chapter 11 and verse 18, uh, you know, when's this judgment that's being referred to going to take place? So when does this judgment take place? All right, let me show you. Now, we've got a rapture. Okay, so the rapture took place in chapter 4. So in heaven, now we've got a judgment, and that's the judgment seat of Christ. All right, now obviously that's not the judgment that we're talking about in verse 18 in chapter 11. That's when the church is being judged in chapter 4. All right, then you have the second advent. Now at the second advent, you have another judgment. But that, that, that isn't this judgment either. This is the judgment of Matthew chapter 25. That's called the judgment of the nations. All right, now, after the seven-year tribulation period, you've got a 1,000-year millennial kingdom. And at the end of the millennial kingdom, you've got something called the Great White Throne of Judgment. Now, there are some people that are under the illusion that at the Great White Throne of Judgment, uh, that it's only for the unsaved dead. But you know something? That's not the case. That's not the case. You see, what the Great White Throne of Judgment is... It's a judgment of works. It's a judgment of works. All right, so let's go over there and let's take a look at it. Revelation chapter 20, 
and verse 11. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose faith face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. All right, so they're judged according to their works. You see that thing right there? And so this is a judgment of works. Now, it's true that the great white throne of judgment, uh, and we'll discuss it more detail when we get to chapter 20, actually, but this thing right here is the judgment of all the unsaved dead of all the ages. Because, of, because what an unsaved man is effectively saying is this. He's saying, I want to be judged by my works. That's what every unsaved man in this world is saying. He said, I don't want to be judged on the merit of Christ. I want to be judged according to my works. I'm a church member. I'm a good guy. I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I'm not a hypocrite like this so-and-so. I'm, 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 I'm. I'm not so bad. Well, I'm doing my best. And I keep the golden rule. And I keep the Ten Commandments. I threw a buck in the plate last time I went to church. And I, hate, I helped my neighbor rototill his garden. I helped the old lady shovel her walk this winter when, when we had the snowstorm. You know, I treat my wife pretty good. I put my kids through college. You know what that guy is saying? That guy's saying, I want to be judged by my works. And God says, okay, bud, we'll let you. All right, there, there's other folks that will be judged according to their works. Tribulation saints, millennial residents. You see, and, and, I, and I talk about this quite a bit at the opening of the show. You know, if you get saved today, you've got the best of it. Because you're not going to be judged according to your works. As far as your salvation is concerned, you're not going to be judged according to your works. What you're going to get for your works is rewards. Aren't you glad? I don't have to stand before God and declare one single solitary work. I'm just going to point to the finished work of Jesus Christ. I rest my case. You're judged for your works at the judgment seat of Christ, but that's just in reference to your rewards. And if you read the rest of the passage in chapter 20, I mean, we didn't do it, but it has to do with the lake of fire or heaven. Those are the alternatives. Now, at the end of this thousand-year period, you know, we'll see that before we get to the end of the book. At, at the end of the thousand-year period, you have a rebellion, an uprising. It's called the Battle of Gog and Magog. So folks will be judged. So, you know, let me explain it this way. In every dispensation, whether you're in the church age or in the tribulation or in the millennium, you have a different plan of salvation. Now that just, you know, blows the mind of the average fundamentalist. You know, he just pops his pistons. You know, he burns his valves. He throws his crank. You know, he, he just can't handle that. But when you study your Bible, you just can't come to any other conclusion because it's right there. You know, the thing is clear. 
For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Right? Now, in the millennial kingdom, it's all works. Do you know why it's all works? Because Christ is on the throne. It doesn't require faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's faith. Now, Christ is sitting on the throne for a thousand years. I mean, he's right there, visible, just like you and I are. There's no faith to the thing. It's all works. Well, what works? You find the basis in something uh, that every liberal theologian loves to quote. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. So do you see what that guy's doing that's always down at the Methodist uh, Presbyterian and, and, and half of the Baptist churches in America today? Preaching the Sermon on the Mount every other Sunday? He's preaching a truth, but he's got it in the wrong age. He's preaching something in the church age that belongs in the millennial kingdom. All right, so what the Sermon on the Mount is is the constitutional form of a coming kingdom. Now, if you have any interest in politics, the Sermon on the Mount is a great passage of Scripture because the Sermon on the Mount is a constitution, the constitution of the kingdom. That's what the Sermon on the Mount is. All right, now, so, now someone said things are going to be dealt with harshly and, and quickly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. That's Sermon on the Mount stuff. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. That's Sermon on the Mount stuff. Why? Is it better to lose an eye or a hand, Jesus tells you, than to go to hell? Amen? That's what he says in the sermon. All right, but what's he talking about? Now, is there anyone, is there anyone, do you know of anyone in any religious denomination anywhere that believes if your right eye offends you and you don't pluck it out, you're going to go to hell today? Do you know a Methodist or a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a Mormon or, or any cultist or anybody, anybody that believes that? Of course not. Who wants to pluck our eye out? But Jesus said it. Amen? You know, anybody that's walking around without a right hand because he said, man, that's the only way I can get control of my shoplifting, you know, had to cut that sucker off. Where does that belong? It has to belong somewhere. It belongs in the millennium. You see what that is? It's visual, by sight, kingdom preaching. That's all right there. All right, so you got folks at the great white throne of judgment, not only the unsaved dead of all the ages, but folks from the tribulation and folks from the millennial kingdom. And they're going to be judged according to their works. And some of them are going to survive. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 20. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 20. Folks, I can't tell you how glad I am that I was born in the church age. I don't know if I would survive living in the Sermon on the Mount. Can you imagine trying to live the Sermon on the Mount for a thousand years? Verse 13 of Revelation chapter 20. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. 
and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The thing is clear. All right, now all you have to do is figure out where it belongs. And then it's, and then it's so clear that it's easy. It's not difficult. All right, so let's go back to chapter 11. Let's see if we can finish this up tonight. All right, verse, uh, verse 18. The nations were angry. The nations seemed to be getting angrier. Angrier. Is that a word? <laughs> I don't even know. More and more angry. And, the, you know, and, and what are they getting more and more angry at? At the Lord all the time. That's why, that, and that's why they rule him out of the classrooms. And they rule him out of their government. And they rule him out of their way of doing business, right? They're angry at him. All right, and that's a prelude. All right, Luke chapter 19. In Luke chapter 19, the parable is told that the, the master gave his servants a commission and told them to occupy until he came. And when he comes back, his citizens said, we will not have this man to reign over us. All right, the thing is becoming more and more clear as we go on. All right, the nations were angry. And thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants. All right, let's capitalize one more time on that phrase, reward unto thy servants. Take your Bible, go over to Daniel chapter 7 in your Old Testament. Daniel chapter 7. And uh, actually, here's a good reference for you, a good cross-reference. And you may want to write it down on the margin of your Bible in Revelation 11. Write down uh, next to Revelation 11, Daniel 7, verse 18. Daniel 7, verse 18, and here's the reference. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. All right, so way back in Daniel, God was prophesying that this event would eventually take place. All right, give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints and to them that fear thy name. Go over to Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. All right, what's the everlasting gospel that's referred to in verse 6? Now, is the everlasting gospel the same gospel that you and I preach? Well, obviously not. What's the everlasting gospel? Verse 7, saying, all right, this is it then, saying, with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. That's the everlasting gospel. Fear God and give glory to him. That's not the gospel of Christ that Paul preached. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So in Revelation 14, in the tribulation, You've got an angel flying around preaching an everlasting gospel, which is fear God and give him the glory. Now, I was talking to a guy one day, and he was trying to figure out what my doctrine is. 
And he asked, when did the church begin? I love these questions. I do. I said, well, what church are you talking about, brother? He said, well, you know, the church. Do you believe it started at Pentecost? Well, Acts chapter 7 says there was a church in the wilderness. There was, wasn't there? That's what it says, a church in the wilderness. Well, you know, the King James says church. You mean ecclesia, and you know, uh, meaning assembly. No, I mean church. The Bible says church. And he said, well, you know, the church, the church we're in today, when do you think it began? Now, I, I know this probably isn't going to conform to anything you've heard before, but the church, as we know it today, couldn't have begun before Acts chapter 7. It couldn't have. You know why? Because the church, up through Acts chapter 7, wasn't preaching the same gospel that we preach. They were preaching an apostolic gospel that Jesus called the gospel of the kingdom. Now, if you want to get technical, you know, the wheels were in motion for the church that we have today at Pentecost. You know, the foundation was laid so that the Lord could go either way with the thing. He had the bases covered. But the church, as we know it right now, today, didn't begin until at least Acts chapter 7. At least Acts, Acts chapter 7. And all these folks want to have an apostolic church. You know, they want to take the church back to Pentecost. You know, they want to go back to Pentecost, but they don't want to sell all their possessions and bring the money to the feet of the apostles. You know, didn't they do that in Acts chapter 4? That was an apostolic church. Aren't you glad that you don't live in one? See that thing? Now you can see what God did. He had a church. And he just took that church through a transition. The church was already there. Jesus talked about a church all the way back in Matthew. But it wasn't the church as you and I know it today. It had to go through a transition. It had to preach a different gospel. So folks say, uh, you know, well, you know what, anyway, let, let's get back to this. So anyway, that guy said to me, now wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, let, let me get this straight. Do you believe they preached a different gospel? And I could tell this was all new stuff to him. So I said, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Wow. So I said, now let me ask you a question. Do you preach the gospel of Acts chapter 2? He said, I think so. I said, you preach, repent, and be baptized for the remission of sins? That's Acts chapter 2, verse 38. I, uh, no, no, I don't preach that. Well, you ought to if you were a back to Pentecost church. You know what the problem is? I'll tell you what the problem is. I'll tell you what people's problem is. They can't read simple English. Forget the Greek. Forget the Hebrew. They can't read simple English. And do you know why they can't read simple English? Because they keep getting other people to do all their thinking for them. That's the problem. Now look at the thing. What does it say? It says, everlasting gospel. Where did you ever read of the everlasting gospel in a Pauline epistle. 
You never read a thing like that anywhere. You read about the gospel of Christ, and you read about my gospel, but he never said anything about an everlasting gospel. It's a tribulation gospel. What is it? Fear God and give him the glory. That's it. That's it. All right, let's, let's hurry up. All right, Revelation chapter 11, let's go back there, verse 19. And the temple of God was opened in heaven. So there is a temple in heaven. And there was seen in this temple the Ark of His Testament. You know, they made a movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? You know, they're, they're looking in the wrong place. <laughs> Amen. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Why? Well, there was seen in this temple the Ark of His Testament. All right, now what the Lord does is He lets some folks peek in at the finished work. The blood's obviously been applied. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ said to Mary, don't touch me, I have not yet ascended up to my Father, he had to go to heaven to take care of unfinished business. And what he had to do was, as the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, he had to apply the blood to the Ark of the Covenant. And it wasn't the blood of bulls and goats. It was the eternal blood of the Son of God. God opens that up and lets folks look. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and noise and all kinds of stuff going on. It's a wild scene. It's a wild scene. All right, folks. Well, that'll do it for, uh, for Revelation chapter 11. And uh, we'll be closing out episode number 93 of the Sword of the Spirit of Podcast. Folks, I just want to say thank you so very much for tuning in to the show tonight. I know it was a late start, and I'm sorry for that. You know, it's uh, work-related obligations, had to take care of business. But, uh, again, I, I really appreciate your patience. And thank you again so much for tuning in. Folks, don't go through the tribulation. Get saved today. Get saved tonight, right now. Head on over to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Open up that web form and why don't you send us over a message. Also, look for that Support This Podcast button on our website. And if you can help us out with a monthly recurring contribution, we would appreciate that. And if not, a one-time is great, too. We'd appreciate that as well. Folks, until we see each other again on Sunday... Win the loss, no matter the cost. God bless you. Good night. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.